Well, you said it, Chewy. Where did you dig up that old fossil? It's a positive film. It has heroes and villains, and uh, that it essentially uh, is a fun movie to watch. It's been a long time since people have been able to go to the movies and see a sort of straightforward, wholesome, fun adventure. Well, it's a fantasy. It's not science fiction so much as it is space fantasy. And it's about people. It's about, fin it's finally about people and not finally about science. The story when you actually put it into words is only so much nonsense to hang a great visual experience onto. It's the stuff that fairy tales are made of. Sort of boiling down religion into a very basic concept. Uh, the fact that there is some deity or some power or some force that sort of controls our destiny uh, works for good and also works for evil. Marvelous, healthy innocence. Great taste, wonderful to look at, full of guts, nothing unpleasant. I mean, people go bang, bang, and people fall over and are dead. But, you know, no horrors. A sort of wonderful freshness about it, a kind of like a wonderful fresh air. It's got whatever you want it to be. It's, a, it's pure entertainment. It's like a roller coaster ride, and it can be interpreted as long as you enjoy it, which is the intention. Hello, welcome back to Generation Skywalker. We are back with those old fossils. Joining me for this show, I've got Mark Daniels. Good evening, Mark. Good evening. I've got Jez. Good evening, Jez. Good evening, everyone. And I've got Dan. Good evening, Daniel. You should have killed me when you had the chance. For lack of trying. It has been a long while since we did a old fossils so we're going for a bit of a, a reboot tonight. And Jez, I'm handing over the reins of these old fossils because you are our oldest fossil. <laughs> it's for you to, uh, you, you're yeah. going to take us through a bit of a reboot of the show. Do you know what? It's, it's funny because we all came together through our love of vintage collecting, didn't we? But it's been four months. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw it back to you guys initially. Why would you say it's been so long? First of all, I'm going to come to you, Mark. Disney's output just recently, we've had so much to talk about with regards to new uh, shows, new product. The vintage stuff has taken a bit of a backseat. Uh, and that's not to say that we don't love it any less. It's just that new things have taken precedence just recently. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, mean, I think you've, you know, we've come out of, hopefully, fingers crossed, we're completely out of COVID now and we've all been given a little bit more freedom. So spare time has been a little bit... Um, sparse compared to what it was <laughs> last yeah. year what about you yeah I'm just, I'm just looking at it so the the last old fossils came out in january the 31st this year yeah and actually i think it's been a, i think it's been a combination of i think mark's right we do cover everything now and there has been other things but i'd also say we've only actually released 15 shows in that time 10 of which were in attack of the clones month 
we only released one show in February. I think it was a busy month for a lot of us, which was the interview that Dan did. So February looks quite wiped out. There was no modern way either. And in March, we did two shows. We did Book of Boba Fett, which was um, which was a lot of work. It was a big show. And then there was nothing until the very end of the month, which was the build up to Echo Base. I think you're right. I think with vintage, perhaps the prices and that maybe lack of acquisitions from us. I don't know. Yeah, I would agree with all those points, gents. I really would. It's been a mega busy time. The Echo Show, which we did, we could have actually badged that as a, those old fossils. You know, it's predominantly vintage, but it has been really busy. Book of Boba Fett, everything else, you know, life becoming busier, increasing modern interests. You know, there's been so many good things pushed out now. And slowly, all of us vintage collectors have become modern collectors. And I've, I've been the latest one to fall into that wonderful trap. So, you know, we just pulled from pillar to post the Attack of the Clones month. I would urge people just to give it a go, give it a listen, because that's been quite a transformative month going through the Attack of the Clones celebratory 20-year anniversary month in, in May. But now's time. Now's time for us to go back to those old fossils. You know, you'll you'll never forget your first love, so to speak. And, and we are collectors at heart. You know, I look at my vintage collection and whilst I might not be adding to it as much as I'd like to, probably, as you say, quite rightly, Stu, because of increased costs, you know, the market at the moment, I still look at my collection. It still brings me joy. And I still love talking vintage toys with some of my best mates online, you know, with, with those old fossils. So we're going to reboot it. We're going to have a little look and, uh, and really get to the sort of basics of, of the toys and the figures. And what goes with that, actually? And before I, I'll talk about it now, before I forget, you know, when, when we look at our social media and we'll, we'll cover all the social medias later on, we've now added a, a dedicated Generation Skywalker Vintage Toys Instagram page and also a Generation Skywalker dedicated modern Instagram account as well. So two new Instagram accounts to complement and go with the main page, the main account. Impressive. <laughs> most impressive Obi-Wan is talking well but we're back right and lads I told you I'm now going to take those old fossils and we are going to push out a monthly show part of that monthly show is going to be introducing for want of a better expression and please if you can come up with a better expression let me know or a better term for this the fantastic four right so bear with me because i know you don't know a great deal about this but it's fine it's cool don't worry about it it's going to be lovely and organic and free-flowing it's going to interest you all 96 figures of the original vintage line if we were to go over four figures an episode, just talk about those four figures, that would then take us two years. I mean, that's a great plan moving forward. We've got a 24-month plan that in 24 months, we are going to go through the full one through to 96. So what I'm going to do is at the end of each episode, I'm going to announce what the next episode's four characters are going to be. And then you guys... The presenters, you know, Team Generation Skywalker, are going to scurry away and say, right, I'm going to delve into this. If Mark's interested in sort of the more palatoy side of it, Mark might want to deal into that. Dan might want to deal into the, oh, I'm going to look at the sort of market costs and this and the other. Craig might want to look into some of the more esoteric areas or, or look into the beyond the toys. It's whatever 
floats your boat. It's whatever you want to look at. Or it could be that one of our listeners says, bingo, I'm a uh, focus collector of that, or I know something about this, or I'd love it if you could get the answer to that. So we are going to be announcing in advance what we'll have the following month. And I'm going to tell you boys what we're going to have on next month's episode at the end of this show. What are your thoughts on that? Sounds great, Jess. Really good idea. Is it, is it going to be chronological in terms of release, or is it just going to be completely four random figures, say one from Jedi, one from Empire, and two from Star Wars? Great question. To, to try and keep it on a close-ish sort of format, what I'm going to do is, you know, I said 24 months. I'm going to aim to pick one from the first 20, one from the last sort of 20, and then two sort of arbitrary random ones from in the middle, you know, so maybe one from the sort of late Empire line and definitely at least one uh, Jedi. So there'll be a good mixture of, uh, of figures. So, you know, you'll have a very early release, so there might be a little bit more on that figure than, say, one of the last 17 where they might not have had as many sort of things uh, released for that. So, uh, yeah, we'll be completely mixing it up. There might be some figures which we just don't do justice to. There might be some figures which we delve into a rabbit hole or or that figure came out on a certain type of car back or came out on a certain type of pencil case or, or T-shirt or, or, or what have you. So anything goes really, but we will be focusing uh, just for a small element of each show. And this isn't going to dominate the show. This is going to be a small element. We're going to call it the Fantastic Four until one of you or one of the listeners well, comes up with a much better one. Let's stop you with that one, Jez. That's very Marvel. It is. Um, we've got a bit. What about episodes oh, four? Should, should have read these. May the four be with you. Oh, interesting. Rogue four. Rogue, right. Yes. Red four. Uh, yeah. um, the four awakens. R four. I don't know. This D four. Oh, yeah. Right. Fantastic. The Fantastic Four has got a limited shelf life, right? We are <laughs> going to come up with something um, by the next episode, right? So, listeners, let us know what what could this little section be called. It's going to have four in the title. You're right, Stu. The the possibilities are, are endless. The only limit is your imagination. So there we go. I'm excited to see how this is going to go. I'm excited to see how we can work with the social media, how we can use the sort of Instagram and stuff to help feed that and have a lot more participation and uh, sort of involvement on the We Are Generation Skywalker Facebook page as well. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. And we'll be recording our next show in about three weeks time. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be good fun. But until then. What we've you know we've done in the past we've sometimes we've gone into new acquisitions and and then we moved away from that a little bit more because I think it was on episode seven of those old fossils Grant came out of a really good point with regards to he sees his collection as collecting whereas so many times nowadays it can be seen that you're just shopping you know people are putting stuff on Facebook and instantly claiming and it's it's almost just like you you have a, you have a shopping list whereas we've all got those collecting stories and I, and I really enjoyed listening to collecting stories so it has been a while since we've uh, had some new acquisitions it has been a while since we've recorded so anything goes for this particular session I'm now going to say to you have you got any new acquisitions that are worthy of mention and uh, and we'd love to hear? Alternatively, if you don't, what I'd love it is if you could share a story with us, one of your collecting stories, because 
we've all you know been collecting for a while and our, our collecting stories i think you know are really really lovely sometimes dan i'm going to come to you buddy what have you got what have i got so i do in terms of a story and it does tie in quite well because i've got an acquisition to go with it this month i've got some really good memories of star wars growing up and you know things like my granddad recording star wars off the telly for me in 82 um and give me the video cassette to take home and watch things like that but one of the things that did stick out in my mind when i do look back was when my mum got the dengar mailers she actually sent off for two of them and gave me one to play with and the other one sat in our kitchen drawer now kind of junk drawer in our kitchen for years and years and years so it was in there with old sets of keys electricity bills just all the stuff that wasn't cooking related that got stuffed into a drawer for some reason in our house and it was there for donkey's years this second mailer we moved house i think my dad must have just tipped the drawer into a black bag and then poured it in, put into another drawer when he got to the new house it was there for years and then when i came back to collecting it was it was still there in my mind went to find it and it had been unfortunately thrown away so by the mid 90s it was it was gone but it was always in the back of my mind i wanted to try and get one back and i did um I did a post back in, must have been like 2013 when I joined S, uh, SWF UK. I think it was probably someone like Frank Muse responded when I was kind of inquiring about these mailers. And he said, oh, yeah, they're really hard to get. They're really rare. And I really did. I, I thought they would be like, you know, 10 a penny. Didn't give them much more thought beyond that. I thought, well, if one comes up, I'll look for it. And then I was around that time I was putting ads up on Gumtree. And someone local to me had a job lot of stuff they wanted to sell. Went around to the house. There was, a, there was some good stuff in there. There was a palatoid death star and a palatoid cantina which i think i actually sold to you to eventually but the, the the thing that stood out most to me was that the guy had the mailer box and in the mailer box he had all of his weapons he used to keep all of his weapons in there with 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 all the figures obviously that that go with them so i looked at the box and i did recognize it and i said to him you know this mailer box what where, what, what was this with and he said oh i think it came with and he pulled dengar out I said i think i think it came with dengar so I thought, excellent so bought, bought, bought the job lot off of him went home checked it all out and it was the the denga mailer box so I've, I've got the i've got the mailer box now but no 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 bagged figure to go with it so i've had that in a little acrylic display case now for a few years just the box with the loose figure and then on on facebook i think it was on my birthday actually on the 25th of may <laughs> someone was um auctioning another mailer box and i think it was martin woodgate tagged me in it to say oh are you looking for this and i said oh no well i've got the box i need the baggie and off the back of that comment another guy on facebook said oh well i've, I've got an open baggie if you want it and i made the purchase and then yeah a week or so ago I've, i finally completed it and i've got the i've got the complete set now so i've got it all displayed up in my office and i'm, I'm chuffed a bit with it it's taken a few years to get it back but it's there mate that's awesome that's what it's all about and it underlines so much about what we talk about as well that you know when you when you look at your collection bits mean you know certain nostalgic things and you know we have stories and that you're going to look at you're never going to part with you know even sometimes if you think right i need to move some bits on to fund something else i know but that's one of those things which is just going to stay bounty hunters we don't need that scum yes sir those rebels run to escape us congratulations mate that's awesome how are you displaying it then? So it's just in one of the GW acrylics, the, the mailer boxes. So it's just in, yeah. I've got the mailer box on one side and the figgy, figgy, figure in the packing <laughs> next to him. <laughs> Brilliant. It's, I, don't, I don't think, it's got the Palatoy logo on it. It's, you know, it's, it's got Bradgate on there, Parker. And it's just, I don't think there's another baggy like it with that Palatoy logo on it. Just for that alone, it's, it's a real tough one to get. And Mark, you're a massive Palatoy fan. How rare is this baggy? 
like Dan said, I would have thought it was ten a penny with it being one of the offers. You you would really think so, given that the, it was one of Palatoy's biggest mail away promotions. That Nian Num, Admiral Akbar and the Rancor Keeper. Uh, I think Dengar was the first sort of figure they gave away. You would think they would be in pretty plentiful supply, but no, absolutely not. They're very, very hard to come by. And there was that, remember the, uh, is, it, is it the Aston's auction where uh, that chap had got a garage full of uh, vintage gear and in there, there was something like five Dengar boxes. Wasn't there a bunch taped together or something? Were they not there was, taped together? There was three, there was three mailer boxes taped together. And in the photograph, it actually, it looked originally like it was a big, just one big box, but it wasn't. It was three Dengar mailer boxes taped together with a big Palatoy address across the whole three boxes. And I think there was a group of guys that clubbed together and bought that lot, and they all took one. Very, very, very rare item. The, the one I managed to get off eBay was uh, a newly listed buy it now, and it, it was just a photograph of the figure in the Palatoy Bradgate, uh, Parker Bradgate, uh, baggy buy it now 100 pounds well 99.99 thought oh i'm having that and when it came it came in the box the proper box the proper box to it and there was no mention of the box in the auction at all uh couldn't i couldn't believe it and i've had that numerous years now and I, i've i, I love the uh, i love the dangar figure always have done got lot, lots of special memories but it, it is a rare figure very rare just another question then following up on that with that in mind, you just mentioned the Rancor Keeper and Nine Num. Are they also difficult to come by in these Palatoy mailers? Uh, Rancor Keeper is quite difficult to, to come by. Near Num, so so. Admiral Atbath is quite a lot of those knocking about, as is the um, Emperor. Uh, I think there was quite a few discoveries, wasn't there, of shipping cases full of uncirculated figures. So I've got one of those nine numbers. I, put, I think I got that at Vectis last year. I got the, I got a, it's graded. I think I got it for like a hundred quid in the Palatoy mailer. But this mailer box is quite specific, isn't it? You know, in terms of its appearance, it's got that D one one zero eight stamped it, on yeah. the outside of it, and even the the box lid itself on the edge of it, it's got like a, a black and yellow pattern, isn't it? It's very specific to this box. The other thing that is which makes mailers rare is if they've had uh, address labels on or uh, they're stamped. Those are very, very rare. Uncirculated ones, blank boxes, they're in relatively plentiful supply. Finding ones with addresses on. So I've had an emperor before now, which is not a rare figure to find. But mine had the, and I bought this at Celebration in 2016, and I paid 25 quid for it, but it had got an address on it. And it had been stamped, so it had actually been sent out. And um, I was inundated with people trying to buy this box off me because it had got an address on it. Finding them with addresses or postage details, very, very sought after. I think the one I've got has been posted, but it's all been, you can see where the tape's come off and the label's been removed. Yeah, because a lot of them, what they did was they uh, just used the coupon uh, where you fill in your own address, you fill in the coupon, you put it with your postal order for the postage, you send that to Palatoy, and then Palatoy use the coupon as the address label and just tape it around the box and send it out to you. Do you know why it's got the D1108? Uh, do you know, I have no idea and I've never questioned it. <laughs> I think maybe, maybe <laughs> it's something we need to look into. 
Yeah. Please just punch for that. Yeah, Brilliant. it was a good piece. It's always nice. And I know you've been after that for a long time, Dan. Mm. And we, we've had discussions about it many, many, many times. And it was just nice for you. Nice to see you actually achieve, <laughs> get one of the uh, pieces that you've been after for so, so long. Because there were a few last year, I think like on Deal on Odeo, I think there was at least two baggies that came up and the, the prices on them were just relentlessly going up. I think when I started looking, I think you said, oh, you'll get one for around 250 <laughs> And now they're, they're astronomical sealed. Yeah. I think you're looking at least double that, I think, just for the baggy sealed. Yeah, it, it's gone mental, as, as we're about to find out. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, it's brilliant. I've been deliberately quiet because, as you know, we all love a live purchase. And uh, I've been scouring eBay to see if I can find one for myself. But, yeah, not none seen at the moment. He says still having a look because there's a lot of ding cars at the moment on eBay. But there we go. Yeah, congratulations, mate. Awesome. And as Mark said, we've all known that you would have been after one of those for a while. So that's congratulations. <laughs> I never doubted you for a second. Wonderful! Dan, now, in the fear of bringing off a whole list of, yeah, I bought this and I bought this and I bought this and bought this, I know that you've been particularly busy, actually, over the last few months from a vintage point of view. And, uh, you know, there was, uh, I think something might have happened work-wise or something or other. So this a little bit out of character for you. And this isn't your normal shopping spree. No. But I'm sure that people would love to hear what you've been up to. So, yeah, I just, just I think a lot of this I've just chanced upon on eBay. I have had a bit of a, a windfall lately that I've been able to ignore the prices on a little bit. Even then, I think even the prices that I got these things for was relatively cheap. So the, I'm going to mention just four things, maybe five. I got them all off of auctions on eBay. They all started relatively low. I think they were particularly well listed. They just didn't get the, I suppose, the traction behind them. So I've got a Denny's Fisher Vader 12-inch. It's missing the insert, but the box is spectacularly nice. I've picked up a 30-back hand Solo Hoff and a 30-back Lando. And I managed to get all of the Palatoy ESB logo, the, the hanging sign, all for really good prices. So, yeah, just things have just come along at the right time. I mean, I picked all of those up in a space of about three weeks, I think. <laughs> so they're all they're all displayed <laughs> down in my collection. And also off of I've got into a bit of a, I suppose, a bit of a, a 30 back run going on now. So I've got I've got four of them all together with that Han and that Lando included. But I picked up a off of, e, off of sorry, off of Facebook, a 30 back BFX7 with an open bubble that Mark's very kindly sourced me a, a footer for. So I've I've started a, a, a FX7 run now or a 30 back run. I can't decide which. <laughs> so yeah, it's been pretty mental, but good. It's given me good fun. Adventure, <laughs> excitement. <laughs> Did I crave not these things? You are reckless. So was I, if you remember. He is too old. Yes. Too old to begin the training. But I've learned so much. Will he finish what he begins? I won't fail you. 
I'm not afraid. You will be. You will be. Dan, that's brilliant. Congratulations, mate. Really, really good stuff. Well done. Nice one. Mark, now I know that you've been extremely busy recently with your uh, with your modern purchases and your Razor Crests and your hot toys and everything else. But have you been dabbling in any vintage? As you lads know, I do not collect any Return of the Jedi items. I don't think I own a single Return of the Jedi item. However, I came to a bit of a momentous decision uh, about three or four weeks ago and decided, right, I'm going to try and put together a Palatory Jedi reseal or relatively cheap mock run. So everything from the first wave of Return of the Jedi figures right through to Trilogo uh, last 15. And so far, I'm going absolutely great guns. I managed to tick off one of the hardest ones to get right off the bat, which was Yak Face. I managed to get that on a nice reseal card. Uh, probably better condition than I've seen a lot of mocks, to be honest with you. And the figure is absolutely spotless. And then I got a really nice hand carbonite reseal as well. But it all started with a, a Luke Jedi. Jedi was more my era back in the day. I was probably collecting more during the during Return of the Jedi as a child than any other era. And I remember distinctly watching the film at the cinema for at least two Christmases, having nothing but Star Wars figures and Star Wars toys from Return of the Jedi. So it's always niggled at me that I don't bother with any of the Jedi figures. So I've I've broke my cherry and I've got this really nice, I think it's a 65 back Luke Jedi. It's a Kenner card, but, and here's the thing, what I'm going to do is instead of just keeping it to uh, Palatoy Jedi cards, which I know for the 75, uh, for the 70 backs, it's not going to be possible. Um, and I don't particularly want to do all tri logos. I'm going to keep it quite fluid. So I'm going to go for Kenner cards, that have UK price labels. And um, we're going to discuss price labels a bit later on. So that just opens it out a bit more. It gives me a bit more uh, of a wider target to hit. And um, it's proving very fruitful. I'm getting some absolutely great figures at um, bargain prices. The Luke Jedi, I think, cost me £70 off eBay. It was a buy it now. And it, it's mint. It's absolutely mint. The figure's mint. It's even got the inner tray. The figure doesn't look like it's even been played with. Uh, the, deep, the weapons are there. They're completely legitimate. Uh, the tape is still inside where the lightsaber was. And the card is in absolutely fantastic condition. I thought for 70 quid, that's an absolute bargain. And once I get that in some GW acrylic, that's going to look great. And I asked the guy what else he had. And he had a, a Chewbacca as well. So I had the Chewbacca off him because, again, that was cheap. It was about 50 quid. And it's the forest scene. Chewbacca as well, which is um, quite a nice card to a card back to have. And again, beautiful condition. And I thought, right, okay, what else is there out there? And that led me on to then the Yak Face. I just thought, right, if I'm going to do this, let's try and get the hardest one out of the way right from the outset. And yeah, I had to uh, fork out a bit of money for that one. But 
like I say, it's the hardest one, so that's a big tick in the box. And I've got a, a really nice 8D8 on the way on a 70 back card with a nice UK price label on there, which I think it's a £1.75 figure, which was an awful lot of money back then uh, for the Jedi era figures. £1.75, a lot of money. And, uh, yeah, I'm just keeping my eyes open and um, enjoying the putting the run together. Brilliant. Mate, I love it. There's two things which I want to drill into on that one, first of all, because you know, known you for a while. We've all known you for a while, but some of our listeners might be thinking, hang on a second, I don't get that. Jedi was his era, and he gave away almost like a throwaway comment, up until now I haven't collected Jedi. Why is that, mate? Is it some sort of childhood trauma of the movie? No. What was your reason for not collecting Jedi up until this point? It's almost all artistic reasons. I don't like the Return of the Jedi logo. <laughs> if that's a reason enough, for some reason, I just don't find it aesthetically pleasing. I mean, I, as you know, I'm, I'm an illustrator and freelance commercial artist by profession. And little things like that really niggle me. And um, I don't know what it is about that logo. It just doesn't particularly appeal to me i much prefer the star wars logo on the boxes and the, the figures and i much prefer the empire logo on the boxes and the figures there's just something yeah. about the, the design like you know one just doesn't tick it but but this goes back to what i said about being more jedi era um, yeah it's, it's it's kind of going back to that for me so yeah i'm enjoying it i i, I really am excited to to see how far i can get this run completed mate pleased for you i mean it's great because it shows how it shows how people change it It shows how perceptions and collecting goals change focus foci change you know if if i said to you three years ago yeah mark you're going to start really delving into the reseals way you would have said no way i've had this conversation with a couple of people and they that i said oh i i think i might start just buying the odd resale oh no you'll get bored with that (laughs) exactly the opposite opposite. i've enjoyed every second i've 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 collected them and now you're warming to the return of the jedi logo a little bit more i mean i got a suspicion that you like the star wars one the empire one so much and as someone who's you know this is your profession you look at the jedi one i think that's a bit of a wasted opportunity i wish i had had the gig this is what i would have done can i ask you what do you think of the Trilogo one then in comparison? Because obviously the Jedi one, you can associate with the movie. And for some people, there's the nostalgia with that. But I, I guess the Trilogo one, people can reflect on their own, you know, remember their own childhood. But what are your thoughts on the Trilogo or even the Power of the Force? Power of the Force I quite like. It's quite nice. A bit of thought gone into it. But the Trilogo one, I remember back in the day collecting sort of early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. You couldn't give Trilogo figures away. You know, they they were very much looked at as bargain bin figures, even back then. I don't particularly like it from a design point of view. I think it's an absolute dog's dinner. But, you know, I I guess like you've just said, you know, things change, tastes change. They're looked at now. They've they've had a bit of a renaissance over the past sort of 10 years. Um, They're very, very sought after now, especially really good condition ones because the bubbles are so susceptible to being crushed and damaged that you know when you see a really nice pristine tri-logo figure you know it, it understandably why people like them so much 
I think I've got one just as a rep. I've got an Anakin just to represent one. But I, yeah, I, I think I agree with you, Mark. They are a they are a bit of a mess. Just never never done it for me. Yeah, I think it's it's not just the card back design either. It's it's the size of the bubble in relation to the figures that that some of them come in. You know, it's it's just very sort of haphazard and not particularly well thought out. Whereas the figures before were composed very nicely. You know, the composition of the figure was nice and tight in the bubble. Uh, some of them had trays behind to keep them rigid, to keep the accessories nice and you know presentable. So yeah. when, they're, when they're in a case, they look nice. With the tri logo figures, it's just like you know, just Thrown in. slap any old crap in there. So, yeah, that, that that's why it's never really floated my boat. But you know, like I say, opinions change, taste change, and now I can look at them with a a bit more of a discerning eye. Great stuff, thanks, lads. Now, Stu, come on, dude. I know that you you have been inundated with your modern purchases. Have you brought anything vintage into the uh, collection of Skinner, or is there a story you'd love to share with us? Um, do you know what? Purchases? I don't think I have made a vintage purchase this year. I really don't. Really? Oh, tell a lie. Maybe a couple of, I think I picked up a couple of bits and pieces in an auction lot, but nothing that I'm going to delve into now. No. Right. Well, no. in that case... <laughs> if you don't qualify for the new acquisitions, you know, we're here with collectors. We love a collecting story. You know, and it's not just, as I say, yet yeah, claim. It's lovely to look at your collection and just, you can say, oh, I was there when I bought that. I was there when I bought that. I missed that bus collecting. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I was late for work because of this. Or this has just got great memories of room sales or something or other. Give us a story, buddy. Right, I am going to give you a story, okay? So, so bear with me on this, okay? Because this, I mean, I, I think you positioned it, Jez, when you came down and helped me on the Friday night last summer. This is nothing spectacular. It is a loose ATAT. It's complete. It's got the yellowest chin guns you've ever seen. It's got a couple of stickers missing. But it's probably one of the most significant items in my entire room, Back in the 90s, I think I've told this story on on when we were back on the Vintage Rebellion, but in the 90s at school, Star Wars had kind of gone away for a lot of people. And I got everybody in my year group, even the people I didn't really talk to, to bring me their Star Wars toys. And they were bringing, I was getting carrier bags from school with ships and figures, had no end of mini rigs. And I had this huge collection of Star Wars stuff mid 90s. But in about 2004, um, I bought my first house and I sold nearly everything at that point. Um, I think there's a few a few surviving childhood figures. The childhood Falcon's still here. Um, I think there's a, a there's, there's there's a few bits and pieces, but I mean that was it. You know, I've got bought a house. Uh, I wasn't married at that point, but bought my house with my wife, and you know, kind of moving on. And then in about 2012-ish I want to say maybe 2011 I bought something off eBay I can't remember what but I've always collected be it records or or football programs it was going to be something like that and this this person whatever I bought lived 10 minutes away from me and I don't know if you when you buy something online and it's near you you say you're going to pick it up and I just went on to their their other items and they had this at 
and I, it was 15 quid. So I messaged her and I said, oh, can I take this as well? So I go down and, p- and pick this thing up and it's just like, oh my God, she's got an attack. And on the staircase in the background of her, she had a falcon as well. And I was like, I was up for sale. She goes, oh no, I've sold that to someone else. So I had a little chat with her and um, so I bought this at at home. And I can never forget, I can remember bringing it home, putting it on my dining table. We lived in this little two up, two down place. And I can never forget Claire coming in and going, oh my God, not again. Like the biggest of this uh, ships. The following week, the same seller messaged me and he went, oh, I've got an Ewok village here. It's yours for a fiver. So I went around there and I think it was purely missing the um, like the little throne chair thing that they carry 3PO on. So I took that home as well. But that attack made me go online and find Star Wars Forum UK, which led to me meeting you boys, producing podcasts. So without that attack, I probably wouldn't be sitting in this room now full of Star Wars stuff with you boys my, my life would have been probably quite different because I probably wouldn't have got back in I'm sure I would have got back into it at some point but on a completely different path rather than the path it took so it's quite a significant quite a significant loose ship it's not the prettiest loose thing but I wouldn't get rid of it because that's where it restarted get acorns I've got my balls out sorry Dan <laughs> <laughs> brilliant I know, and as you say, Lear Lake Corns, eh, Dan? Yeah. Do you know what? I've looked, I've looked at it sometimes. I thought I must upgrade that. And then I think to myself, no, actually, it is what it is. And it's, it is something to me. I mean, yeah. the chin guns are the yellowest chin guns you'll ever see. <laughs> they are, they have looked like they've been with a smoker for years. What a piece of junk. She'll make 0.5 past light speed. She may not look like much, but she's got it where it counts, kid. I've made a lot of special modifications myself. But we're a little rushed, so if you'll just get on board, we'll get out of here. Character. Yeah. Yeah. We know they're legit, don't you? And and as we say, you know, we, we think about nostalgia from our childhood, and you're probably going to get some sort of nostalgic vibes from the beginning of your collecting. You know, when you look back and think <laughs> the adventures we've been on, the things which we've done together, be it as collectors, be it on the various podcasts which we've been on, and then TBR adventures and Generation Skywalker, yeah, mate, that that that's great. I love it. I love these stories. You know, brilliant. Have you been in many battles? Several, I think. Actually, there's not much to tell. I'm not much more than an interpreter, and not very good at telling stories. Well, not at making them interesting, anyway. What about you, Jez? Have you bought anything? I had a great purchase recently, really, really delighted with this. And in fact, I've been very lucky with this one shop. So as you know, there's a shop, Toy Planet, in Wantage. And this is the shop where I uh, had the, the three Trilogo Yak Faces, which I saw several years ago. This guy gets lots of different hauls in and uh, networks out there. So he's always scooping up vintage collections. He sells all sorts of toys. And yes, he had three carded yak faces. So I bought one, bought one for Richard, and then Steve Savory bought the other one. It's also the same place where I got my three pack, the uh, Cantina set three pack. So I've got, I've got a good, got a good run there. <laughs> and uh, I was saw a, a post come up which he had posted saying, yeah, got a new haul, and uh, put up some photographs and with a few prices on them. But it was one thing in particular which took my interest and I thought, right, don't get to see those that often. 
and it was the Ewok Combat Complete Play Pack. So the Complete Play Pack, now this was part of a run. Now this was right towards the end of the line. They hadn't, they hadn't introduced anything new. These weren't new items, but they were packaged together. So already readily available items, which the Europeans decided to pack together to see if they could maybe shift some products towards the end. So this came under the sort of Power of the Force, but also Trilogo. It was, it was just European releases. Now these are the play packs. Also, as well as the play packs, um, it's a similar branding of the sort of triple logo on the, um, the Power of the Force mini rigs, you know, the mini rigs, which you see, which is the sand skimmer, the security scout and the Imperial sniper kind of look similar in some respects, but no, these are absolutely different. The play packs, and there are three of them. There's the Endor chase, which comes with a biker scout uh, or two biker scouts, Leah, Wicket and a speeder bike. So that's the Endor chase. It's also Hoth Rescue, which is a Hoth Wampa, as you'd expect, Tauntaun, and a Luke and Han, both in their Hoth costume. And then you've got the Ewok Combat Complete Play Pack, which is two Stormtroopers, Tebow, Wicket, and the Ewok Catapult. So as I said, three new boxes, three new play sets, but what they've done is they've just, yeah, taken remaining stock and put them in there. In some cases, some of the figures were actually going into the boxes as carded figures, just folded, shoved in there as carded figures. Then the rest were uh, typically going in as baggies, I understand. Get in there! Ah, get in there, you big I don't care what you smell! Get in there! Don't worry about it! So these boxes are kind of about nine inches by five by three and a half or so. So it's around about the height of a carded figure and just slightly narrower from a box point of view, hence the folding of the cards with some really, really great made for this particular box artwork on it. So I saw this Ewok Combat Complete playset shown by the owner of Toy Planet. And it showed the price and I thought, you know what, that's quite a keen price. I wonder, I wonder what that comes in. So I just said, right, can you put that to one side for me, please? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure, it's not gone. I was like, right, I'm on my way. So I was able to drive there, it was about 45 minutes or so. And it was great because, you know, it's all, it's all good. It's all well and good being online. And when someone puts something in one of the Facebook groups and maybe fastest finger first, people say claim within five seconds or so. There was no excitement for me. I was driving to the shop thinking, I wonder what, I wonder what, you know, I wonder if it's got this or I wonder if it's got that, I wonder if it's got the baggies. I, I, I really don't know. But I was excited because I was just about to make a Star Wars purchase, my first vintage purchase uh, for a little while. So uh, yeah, 45 minutes later I arrived and I went into the shop and I was immediately a little bit disappointed because what hadn't been shown or I hadn't seen and, and what the chap hadn't mentioned was that actually on the side of the box, which is the size, side which I choose to display it, which has got mainly the, the English writing, the British writing, someone has actually written on it in permanent marker, almost comes across, almost looks like an autograph, but in permanent marker, they've written on it, Death Star 
bits, Death Star bits. So they were obviously using this box as a storage box whilst maybe uh, displaying the contents. So that does kind of fade into it a little bit and it just does take the, uh, take the edge off slightly. We had a chat, the price came down a little bit more and uh, checked all the contents and we were all good. So yes, no folded carded figures, that would have been a dream, no baggies or anything like that. But it did come with all the weapons. So the, the two stormtroopers with their blasters, Tebow with his uh, with his little headpiece, with his, uh, I would say, his sort of satchel horn uh, and his axe. And then you've got Wicket with his staff and his with his headdress. And it's got the uh, catapult as well with, the, uh, with both boulders. So yeah, yeah, really good. And uh, it's got the catapult instructions. So that, that's it. The box itself, it's not too bad considering. You can see on, on one side here where it's uh, had the sellotape where it's been uh, completely ripped and removed. You can see where, yeah, Death Star parts. Someone did say to me, right, yeah, if you just get a little bit, you might that might just be have to come off with a little bit of, you know, um, solution or something or other. And it's not, you can see where I gave it a little go and actually it's taken away a little bit of the ink. So I didn't want to press that anymore. I'm afraid our furry companion has gone and done something rather rash. You wouldn't get many decent carded figures for the price I paid for this. The shopkeeper was happy. Essentially, in, you know, in his mind, it's just a, a loose box with some figures and a catapult. But actually, when I take all things into consideration, the price of stormtroopers nowadays on their own, uh, and the catapult uh, and the Ewoks, yeah, got a really good deal. Really, really pleased with it. it displays excellently, and uh, yeah, really chuffed. But it was the whole drive-in excited got that buzz got that sort of going to farthest from got that whole going to echo base it, it's just good good times really pleased i do like the way you, you you're, you're so selective jez i mean that 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 was it the spanish or the was it a spanish three pack you got the yeah the italian, you know and that and this oh, the Ita and yeah the italian yeah and just, it all just sits together very nicely and it's all got a bit of a story behind it that's... And you get them for good prices. <laughs> I know. It's, I've been very, very fortunate, but I'm looking now at my collection and I just think that's got a story, that's got a story, that's got a story. It, they're all telling a story, you know, and this is what I'll be back next month. You know, we might not have bought anything, but we'll have our Fantastic Four, our 5D4 section or whatever it is, and we'll all be back with another little story. And, you know, I want to hear listeners' stories because there's stuff like this which just keeps the spirit alive and, and we love it. But, yeah, I've been very fortunate. I need to go to that toy planet. I remember when you sent that picture through, there was a, an, it was an empty box only, but it was the, the, the six-pack, you know, the Empire Strikes Back six-pack. They yeah. did your boxes. I, yeah. think went, I think it was up for, like, 900 quid. I thought, I just can't do it. It was just a box, mine, but I would love one of those. <laughs> just not he gets some great stuff. You know, he's... Um, I have an order in with him at the moment because he, he's told me all about a future purchase and I'm like, yeah, right, mate, that's gone. Cool. That's got my name on that one. He's like, right. Okay. Yeah, fine. So yeah, we got a good, we got a good thing going on. <laughs> me and Toy Planet, Wantage, check him out. Or don't, don't check him out because it's my shop. No one else shot there. It's my shop.
great. Love it. And there's one other thing. All right. So this dates back to 29th of May 2020. Because, as you know, I, I was a Luke X-Wing focus collector. I loved having Luke X-Wing cards. I think it's brilliant. It sums up the original trilogy for me. I've said this before. Luke wears his X-Wing costume in all three of the original movies. And to me, I just think it's brilliant. It's heroic. And it reminds me so much of my childhood. But, you know, our collecting habits ebb and flow. They change very much like Marx has changed. Uh, and he's now welcoming Jedi and, and reseals and stuff. And and I actually got to a stage where I started getting rid of a lot of my Luke X-Wing focus because I wanted slightly less orange in my life and, and more variety. But I still had the love. And I think it was when I was in Afghanistan in 2020 that I'd been keeping an eye out. And I looked at the 45C Luke X-Wing. And for those people who have been keeping a key eye on the market, they know that the 45C Luke X-Wing pilot just doesn't come up. So this is a Palatoy, Return of a Jedi, the Palatoy without the logo, the 45C. And I think it surprised the collecting community when one of these came up. I think it was at Vectis several years ago. And there was clearly a bid in war between two people who recognised the fact that this was really like a gold hen's tooth. This was, you know, really, really super hard to find. And it surprised everyone, I believe, with you know, the, the price with which it achieved. So I thought to myself, I'll go for a card back. A card back will be something which will be great. It, you know, they're still going to be extremely rare. And I bid on one on eBay whilst I was away. And I, I didn't get it. And then I got a message from our collecting, Palatoy collecting friend, John. And uh, he contacted me saying, hey, Jez, I don't suppose your Stormtrooper run on eBay by any chance? And at the time, that was my eBay username, not anymore. And I said, yeah. And he said, yeah, I think you've just missed out on my 45C card. I've got another one, which is actually in considerably better condition. And if you want, I can uh, sell that one on to you because I, I don't need it now. You know, got my card of figure. And I knew John had an incredible collection and he had all of the Palatoy Luke X-Wings. And, uh, and he gladly sold me that. I gladly bought it off of him, sent it to Afghanistan. I had it and it was a great placeholder. Red five, I'm going in. Are you all right? I got a little cooked, but I'm okay. About a year later, John says, "Right, uh, Jez, I um, I'm thinking about moving my 45C on, and I think this needs to be in your collection." And I'm like, "Yeah, mate." Not not able to do it. Not able to do it. It's just one of those things where I love it, but it's just out of my out of my price range. And uh, he's like, "Yeah, okay. I'm in no rush to sell it. I just want you to have it. I'm in no rush. But if you if you want it, it's yours." And I think that was just lovely because John recognised that you know people have their flutters every now and then, or as you know Dan said earlier on that he can um, he was able to treat himself. And um, I, I was like, "Yeah." I love it, but it's, you know, it's naturally going to be a lot of money. But he was really patient and saying, you know, I'm not going to worry about selling it. This needs to be in your collection. And I thought about it and I thought about it. And then slowly I started selling some things which didn't matter to me as much. So I built up a little chest of money 
and it was at that point I thought, yeah, I'm never going to be in the position again to be able to get one of these things. And and I said, yeah, let's do it. And it was at Echo Base, actually, that <laughs> I was going to be meeting with John. He was going to hand it over because these aren't the sort of things you want to uh, post necessarily. And just as I arrived at the car park, the car ahead of me just parking was John. So we did that deal in a car park. And that's the thing, isn't it, with these stories? You remember exactly where you were, exactly how it went down. And we did this sort of dodgy deal it would have looked like in the boot of his car <laughs> in a multi-story car park in Redditch where he handed it over. He was clearly pleased that it had gone into my collection. He knew I wasn't going to flip it. I wasn't going to move it on. I've now got it with my 45B, with my 20, with the Tri logo and the rest of the uh, Kenner carded gang. I know to look at it, it doesn't look like much to most people. It's just a Luke X-Wing thing. They don't recognise how hard to find one of these things is. You know, it's, it's not even in the best condition, but I know there's only a handful of these a, a tiny handful if you looked at uh, tracker i believe there's only been one sold in the last 10 years publicly you know on tracker clearly we had our little car park <laughs> uh, exchange that's not going to end up on tracker is it and i know that's how it's done but this is a rare old car bank so uh yeah two really cool purchases which i'm i'm delighted with congratulations it's definitely the way to go though is i think the way prices are at the minute is to you've got to let something go to bring something else in i've 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 slowly come to that realization now and i, I know i said a bit of a windfall and a flutter this month but it doesn't mean to say i haven't had to sell other things to <laughs> to take the sting out of it a bit so i have sold a few bits yeah it, it's the way forward yeah well chuffed at that good stories all round, fellas good stories all round. Yes, R2, I was just coming to that. Toronto gosh. Master Luke at Chimney Chudu. Uta Millennium Falcon at Chimney Cloud City. Us Nuch Vader. Han Solo. Tikolo Carbon. Wonder Kachnab Gubusalak. Oh. Quick, quick echo recap so as we said we've had echo if you if you look back in our uh, back catalogue of podcasts you know that we uh, we we had our echo base live a celebration on the 31st of march then we went to echo base Craig dropped an amazing video after that, which is online and on our YouTube channel. And the Echo Base Live April 22 revisited show, which came out on the 15th of April. Mark, Stu, you were there. Hey, Mark, 
did you get anything vintage wise or what were your thoughts with regards to what you saw event uh, i'm bearing in mind i know that we've done a whole show on this but just in case echo live is, is i've said it before i say it again it just gets better every time you, you you know you know they do one it's without doubt the best show for vintage star wars there is the choice is just you know it's phenomenal uh, i picked up a couple of bits my choice item which I think we talked about before, was the uh, Dengar 45B, which uh, had the Paltoy sticker on the back, and I got that for 120 quid, which was just bargain money. Um, well chuffed with that. Double Dengar night tonight. I remember you talking about that on the on the after show. Yeah, brilliant. Really, really good. Nice one. Stu, what about you, mate? Because I know that you won something, didn't you, on the uh, amazing prize draw. Oh, yeah, I might go and get that in a sec to be able to tell you exactly what it is. Um, <laughs> I, I, do you know what? I've just said to you I haven't bought any vintage this year. That's a lie because I picked up two pieces of Sigma at Echo. I picked up the Darth Vader frame, which I'd bought off Todd Chamberlain, but someone delivered to me, to me there, which is a really hard piece of Sigma to find. And Mark Baker messaged me about a week before Echo to say that he had no intention of selling them, but he had the Yoda salt and pepper pots and he would bring them down and we struck a deal and he's let them go just because he's heard me on here saying that I'm getting near the end of the Sigma collection and that is a piece I needed. So a massive thanks to Mark, to Mark Baker. The prize draw, you won something. You were running up there so excited when they called your name. <laughs> yeah, not like you. <laughs> let's just say to, to the, the other two there because i don't know whether they were there your name came out and they were like jez are you anywhere and you were like Woo, i'm at the back i'm at the back yeah but um i mean jez you won something i'll let you talk about yours in a minute because you've actually put yours to good use i picked up a uh 1980s mexican star wars Clartu semi-articulated bootleg grey. Now, I think this was donated by Michael Havens because it's got a $300 price sticker on the front as well. And he was selling that kind of stuff on his stand. I mean, the poor old Clartu, he has lost most of his paint. So th this is graded a 50, obviously not a, a huge grading because of the damage. But yeah, you know what? It's vintage and I know where I got it. Brilliant. As you say, you'll remember it. You'll remember that time. You'll remember me running up saying, yeah, I'm here, I'm here. And you'll also remember the fact that the whole point of that was the Echo Base boys and girls just raising loads of dosh for their charity. So it's, again, it's all a good story, isn't it? But yeah, what did I win? Now, those people who know me know that I've got a little bit of nostalgia for the Rebel Transport. The Rebel Troop Transport, which is what I had when I was a child, thanks mum and dad. Now, I had one of these in my collection and and I loved it. It wasn't boxed. It was just a loose Rebel Transport. Now, when they pulled my name, I think I was like fourth or fifth. And they said, yeah, you can have your uh, choice of what's left on the table. And I saw I saw a boxed Palatoy Rebel Transport. Immediately hoovered that up. Just looked smart as anything. So, yeah, took that home. Delighted with it. So I've now got that box with the instructions to go with my sort of original Rebel transport which is the smarter one this was quite a dusty hulk and i thought to myself right i've got two rebel transports however i'm enjoying a little bit of gardening 
I'm enjoying a little bit of planting, a little bit of colour in the back garden. And I thought to myself, hmm, I'm going to take the cockpit area and I'm going to take the front portion off, uh, which, you know, with the removable part of, of the uh, cover and the rear, which covers the guns. I'll remove the guns. I'll remove, I'll pull back the little cockpit seating area. And I wonder, I wonder if these two little areas would make a nice little planter. So done exactly that. It works. It stays outside. It's nice and waterproof. So I've now got a lovely Rebel Transport flower pot, which is currently displaying some flowers. I think I've got some pansies in there. And uh, yeah, some really, really lovely looking flowers outside my collecting little summer house brackets shed. And uh, I just think it's cool. It's different. Now, would I advise you do this? Yeah but you need to keep on watering their plants because it doesn't hold a great deal of water. It's quite shallow and uh, it, it dries out quite quick. So I think what would be better and what I'm hopefully going to advance onto, I'm going to save, I'm going to keep my eye out for and save a Falcon Hulk in my next sort of collection place, be it Farberstrom or, or wherever. And I'm going to get myself a Falcon and I'm going to turn that into a large plant pot planter outside because I don't want these things to end up in a tip. You see so many times people strip them down for parts and sell the parts on eBay and then just get rid of the hulks and stuff like that. But no, this thing has a new life <laughs> and it's cool. Well, I think it's cool anyway. Great fun. It's all right. It's all right. You should get you an own... ownership. You could do it with a scout walker as well, couldn't you? You should have one of them, a little little flower growing at the top of one of those. And a... That is a great idea. You um, also, Jez, I noticed because you put it online, didn't you? And there was a couple of other people that had done similar projects. You yeah. Had quite a nice, it was quite a nice little thread with other. It was a nice thread. Yeah, it was yeah. real kind of like Alan Titmarsh and Charlie Dimmock's chat on a Sunday. <laughs> it was. You know, I'm looking now up at my collection and I like the idea of the ATST, you know, because that's another one, isn't it, where the little sort of guard underneath is often missing or top guns or this that, and the other top gun oh, what a movie but you know you, you could get rid of all of that and just have a nice little because there's good depth on that so you'll have some a nice little bit of water retention so that, that could be great and also oh an atat on its side like a downed atat if you imagine the side door open flowers grown out of a downed atat you know, got no chin guns, got no, nothing else going to end up on a tip, maybe. No, what a feature. Oh, it's exciting times. Star Wars is great. <laughs> right, I think that's enough of that. I have my orders from the Emperor himself. He has something special planned for him. We only need to keep him from escaping. As you can see, my young apprentice, your friend have failed. Now witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational battle station. Fire at will, Commander. You might be wondering why we're all in such a good mood and, and why things seem quite buoyant at the moment. We've got some good news, haven't we? We've got some good news to share with our listeners and with the Generation Skywalker crew. 
kind of celebrating a little bit. There's a lot of work going on in the background here because something has happened which has made us all feel really chuffed with what we've been managed to achieve so far as Generation Skywalker. If all goes well, this is going to open up some new possibilities for us and, and it's a real privilege. Stu, what have we been asked to get involved with? Well, yes. So from the 8th to the 10th of July, Generation Skywalker will be at London Film and Comic Con. So if you're coming along to that event, be sure to come and see us. Now, we were invited to be a participant in the Star Wars Zone. Now, the Star Wars Zone has taken place at London Film and Comic Con before. So we've been invited to be part of that zone. So we will be having our stand. So if you've seen us at Echo or Farthest From, our stand will be there. And we're also going to be having a second booth alongside it with, well, we're not going to reveal our plans on here at this moment in time. If you're there, come and see it. If you're not, be sure to keep on our social media. But as a team, we will be attending all three days and uh, want to chat to as many people as possible. We will be uh, we will be stopping everybody in their tracks as they pass. <laughs> it's going to be exciting times. We're doing what we've done in the past with when we were Vintage Rebellion and, and we're taking it to the next level now in several respects. You know, with that interaction, with some competitions, there's going to be there's going to be some drama. There's going to be some excitement. There's going to be some strange sounds. There's going to be all sorts of stuff going on. But the fact that we've been asked to partner up with Fanthatrax and all the cool stuff as part of it, as part of the show, and being asked to do a panel or at least one panel as well. Yeah, it, it, it's a great opportunity for us. And, and we're really, really grateful for Showmasters. I love the film Comic-Con and for uh, Dave Tree in particular, all the cool stuff. We have got a good prize, as we mentioned, competitions and it's it's winging its way to me at the minute. And yeah, all will be revealed, but we do have a, a, a fantastic prize to give away. We really do. Generation Skywalker at London Film Comic-Con. Can't believe it. It's going to be brilliant. Love it. And uh, yeah, we'll be uh, we'll giving you some feedback and there'll be videos galore all sorts of stuff, all the fun for the family. We'll reveal a bit more on our social media about what we're up to as the event gets nearer as well. So um, if you are coming, yeah, keep an eye on that and we'll eke things out as we know about it. If you are going, if you are going, come and say hi. Hello there. Come here, my little friend. Don't be afraid. Oh, don't worry, he'll be all right. Rest easy, son. You've had a busy day. You're fortunate to be all in one piece. Ben? Ben Kenobi? Boy, am I glad to see you. The jungle and wastes are not to be travelled lightly. So we've spoken about our stories, we've spoken about our new acquisitions, but Dan, there's been a lot of people buying a lot of stuff in various auction houses around and about, not just in the UK, but overseas as well. Now you've been getting up to all sorts of stuff from an auction point of view, and I know that you've been keeping your eye on it. Can you give us a rundown, buddy? 
I can. So yeah, there's been loads of these um, auctions all through the last couple of years. I've really got into them, you know, working from home and stuff. It's been a, a, a good bit of company just having those auctioneers reeling through all these toys and having it going on in the background. So I've I've really got into some of these. So there's there's three that have happened relatively recently. So the first one is the Vectus auction that, that took place on the 28th of April. So this was billed as a TV and film related toy sale. There was 500 lots, I'd say around 40% of them were Star Wars. So it wasn't all Star Wars. It was a lot of, I think there was WWF wrestlers. We had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters, all that kind of stuff. So all that 80s era toys mainly. And there's a few modern lots in the Star Wars. But yeah, I'd say in, a re- in the region of about 150 lots of Star Wars. And yeah, there was a, a, a real mixed bag in there. The two standout items, there was two Palatoy displays. That we'll, we'll come to in a moment they, they were the kind of the main event but yeah lots of lots of kenner stuff and some palatoy i made some purchases at that auction did anyone else buy or bid on anything no i, I was watching a couple of bits but it, they just went way beyond what i was prepared to go for i did buy a couple of things so i bought three vinyl star wars cases so i got the star wars one the empire strikes back one not the rare one with the wamper on the other one with the big yoda head and also the one, the Star Wars one with the Empire transition. So it's got the Empire logo on it, but it's the, the Star Wars image. So I've got those three. And I also picked up the Imperial Cruiser, which was the rebranded uh, Imperial Troop Transporter that was uh, the Sears exclusive. So I got that as well. So nothing, nothing earth shattering, but they were the, the bits I picked up. But in terms of the mint on card prices, there was there was some there was some funnies in there so the first one that I've, I've kind of picked out to talk about was was a wicket and it just blew me away this so it's a standard 77 back kenner wicket and it sold for 320 pounds and i thought wow is that how much they're going for now so i looking at the other it was quite funny because the other two auctions that, that happened after that there was a wicket 77 back in each of those so the one in the CNT auction sold for around 300, uh, sorry, 150 pound. And in the Hakes auction in the States, that sold, and another one, a graded one, sold for 195. So why this one went for 320 quid is beyond me. I don't think anyone else has got any idea why that went so high either. But <laughs> No, mate. And there was three droids R2-D2s. So these are all mint on cards. I think two of them had... Uh, very slight cracks in the bubble and i think that, that that obviously affected the price but two of them went for sorry one went for 690 the second one went for 700 and the one that was relatively mint was went for 1100 in terms of it had no bubble cracks or anything like that but the, the thing that really stood out to me about those three mint on cards it, it was a loose r2 just the, the standard last 15 or 17 or however you determine it a loose one went for 680 so would you have rather have a loose pop-up R2 for £680 plus fees or a mint on cards droid R2 for £690 for £10 more? That, that that stood out to me. And we were talking about yak faces before. And I know, um, Mark, you said you got a nice resealed one, a really good condition. Um, there was one, a loose yak face. And I did check this and double check it because I couldn't get my head around it. Sold for £750. <laughs> Wow, hang on a second. Seven hundred and fifty pounds for a Luciac. Hammer price for a Luciac. And I can tell you now, the reseal that I got was nowhere near that amount. (laughs) 
it was it was far cheaper and um like i say the, the card it, it's it's almost a mock that's how good it was the bubble was was really nice and the card's really nice so i i don't know i don't know who is paying that kind of money for a lucio and then there was a bunch of and you've been talking about already jez these tri logo power the force boxed vehicles so there was a number of these up so there was a, a couple of security scouts one went for 600 pounds the other went for 440 an Imperial Sniper, that went for 520. A Sand Skimmer, that went for 320. A Hoff Rescue Pack, that had the baggies with it still, that went for 1,600 pounds. The Endor Chase, again, with all the figures in baggies, that went for 1,200 pounds. And your Ewok Combat Set, the one oh, here, okay. three out of the four were sealed, and that went for 1,300 pounds, bearing in mind that's the hammer price. So three out of the four had sealed baggies. Yes, yes. Roger that. Okay, not carded figures, not loose. So, yeah, fine. Mm, okay. Feel, still feeling good? Yes. Yeah. Very good, because, I imagine. <laughs> because I've got mine displayed at the front, which I think is which is great because I've I've see the box art, the card art, which is fantastic. So, yeah, it's cool. It's just an unbelievable thing because you, you've got the two Ewoks next to the catapult, and one of the catapults is primed with his boulder the other one the boulder is in position you know ready and then you got two armed stormtroopers stood next to them and it's like mm -hmm. you, you've got the two ewoks looking at them going uh wasn't me uh so i have recreated that image just by the box and and you know i've mentioned in the past you know baggies are great but can't display them very well so whilst mine is b grade in comparison to that you know incredible a grade one being sold for 1300 quid i know which one i prefer the fact that I spent what I spent is is great. So no, thanks for that. Awesome. Okay, and then and then we had the, the main event. So the first one was the Palatoy Darth Vader display. Now I'd never seen one of these before. I don't know how familiar you guys were, but it's vacuum formed Darth Vader head. The UK version didn't have any kind of light up features, but I understand the ones that were put out in Europe had the uh, the eyes that lit up on those. But it's uh basically it's, it's Darth Vader's head. And it went over a, a freestanding wireframe, the wireframe or any, none of that was included. It was just a Darth Vader head, but it went on the, the wireframe and presumably, and this is my game, set me right if I've got this wrong, the figures would then hang underneath on that wireframe and it would be displayed in the store. Now, I, I really like this item and I thought it would go for a lot of money. I'd never seen one before and it only went for 800 pounds. I think if I'd have known it was going to go for that, I might have had a dabble. What, what, what are you what are your guys thoughts on this one because it is a nice piece it, it it is a nice piece but it's not one of the nicest pieces i think if if i was going to spend money on something and i i think you mm. actually had the, the the better the better item of the two which was the empire strikes back sign you know the part of your if you were to give me a choice between that and your mm. hanger i'd go for the hanger every time yeah yeah i just yeah, I, I just, agree and when you look at the what the prices were going for and some of the mint on cards I, you know there's there's something to that i just i'd rather have that darth vader head than, than maybe some of those mint on cards and i don't know if i'll ever see that come up again because i've never seen one well you know i've only really you know been looking for the last 10 years but have, have you guys ever seen one of these come up before is it is it a I, i've really never rare? seen one they look no. well i'm sure mark will speak in a minute about it but 
to me they they almost look like a bootleg item you know just, yeah it, it doesn't look legit uh licensed star wars product if so for me i, I completely agree with you I, I think they're from a creating point of view and having variety in your collection room i think it's brilliant i i, I really liked it mark what are your thoughts yeah it was okay <laughs> Much like the other display, um, there was a lot of hype around it, and, and people like were saying, Oof, how much are these going to go for? You know, they, they don't come up very often, um, but they just did for some reason, they just didn't excite me. You know, I, I think there's better displays out there, and I think if I was going to put down a chunk of money on something, I'd probably wait for one of those to come along. So, the second display then. This was the the centerpiece, I think, of the auction. It was on all of the adverts for it. it was the Palatoy Return of the Jedi vehicle and figure figure promotional di- store display. So we've seen this. I don't know if well, I have certainly. I saw this at Father's From a couple of times when it was laid out. I think the the, the last one we went to before lockdown back in 2019, it was it was out on display. So just to, to try and describe this, as I do so eloquently, um, it is a kind of a box shaped display. The back and the sides, I believe, are made of wood. Um, and then it's got a perspex roof and, and front side. And then within that, you've got the endor bunker scene. So the back walls of it are painted to look like the, the, the endor forest. Then you've got the, the bunker doors and then a number of various uh, figures and vehicles positioned around that. So I, I had a quick close up on it. So you've got the speeder bike in there. You've got the Ewok on a glider. You've got the ISP, is it the ISP-6? You've got a scout walker. And then I think you've got the forest ranger in there and then 20 or so figures scattered around there. And that went for £13,000, believe it or not. Um, so yeah, that was a, a bit of a barnstorm with that one. So I'll just read through the, the, the blurb on there because there is a bit of history to this one. So these were these store displays were hand built, painted, were provided to key accounts and partners to Palatoy. This particular display was awarded to Roma Parish, one of Teesside's most popular and iconic toy shops, opened in 1933 on Linthorpe Road in Middlesbrough. Roma Parish sold newspapers, cards, sweets, and eventually toys. The vast two two story toy shop was eventually sold to Beatties in 1995 and is now currently a restaurant. So I think there was a bit they did hype it up in the auction to say, you know, this is a local toy shop and there's loads of history to it. Um, you couldn't get it posted to you. So you had to be in the room um, or you had to collect it. If you were the winning bidder, it wasn't available for posting. So it was a bit of a, a centerpiece there. And hopefully, well, I'm assuming it would have probably played on some people's nostalgia who live up at that neck of the woods and went for a, a pretty good price. To be fair, the price probably would have been more if that was able to be to shipped to places i mean that's got to have made a difference to that final price you're taking out a massive chunk of market mm. aren't you yeah so yeah I, I would not have liked to have been responsible no. <laughs> oh no no i get i get why that was the case but you are taking off a you know a huge part of your audience aren't you as soon as that yeah. that is the case it's I, I I think I might be in the minority here, but I, I, and I remember Jim Stevenson, old school dealer. A lot of people remember Jim Stevenson on the, on the Too Fair scene. Um, he had one of these on his table uh, many, many years ago, and there was real sort of excitement buzz around it. 
and he wanted a lot of money even back then we're talking about early 90s now and i remember looking at even then thinking this just does not float my boat at all i do not see what the what the attraction is it it, it looks awful it just looks really heath robinson very sort of cobbled together i mean if you really wanted to you could quite easily replicate that uh, scene with the the exact same paint the exact same layout you know the toys that are in there have very very little intrinsic value the, the display itself it's basically two sheets of acrylic at the front and and ply at the sides and the back and the base you know thirteen thousand pounds for that was an awful lot of money i get why it got that price i mean they, they, they are rare but for me personally if i got thirteen thousand pounds i would probably spend that on some other stuff long before that even entered my radar i just it, it to me it just doesn't it just doesn't do anything for me is there a display like that if you'd have gone into a toy shop as a kid and seen that and felt wow and, it's, and it kind of burnt itself into your brain then you can kind of imagine it yeah of, if it i mean i remember i remember going into macros you know macros a wholesaler and i used to go yeah. there with my granddad and i remember walking into their reception and they had a an attap in a display very similar to that in a snow scene with luke skywalker hanging off the bottom of the attack snow speeders in the air very much like the poster but it was you know i've got you know they, they definitely had that. i don't know whether that was something that they built themselves or if palatoy did anything like that i've never seen seen it anywhere else but i, I remember that as a kid and if that came up now I'd be, I'd be all over it i don't think i'd be able to stretch to 13 grand but i'd, I'd have a i'd have a go if i could again you know i i understand that and i, I get that thought process with it you know especially with it being a local piece i can imagine uh, if somebody had said to me this piece came out of lewis's in hanley stoke on trent and it was from exactly from that that shop and um, we've got the documentation we've got photographs if it was an empire display then i, I understand i i completely get it but from a design aesthetic point of view it just doesn't do anything for me i reckon for about a thousand pounds you could you could not one up yourself quite easily probably less than that there you go there's your next diorama there's your next there's your next diorama mark you can build one right okay yeah come <laughs> see me you want one of those uh, farmer displays knocking up just come and just give me enough i'm in the same camp as mark i don't know about it's you but for me when when you look at that, if, if that was a budget which I was given, if, you know, if a sort of fairy godmother came down and said, you, you have this purse of money to spend on Star Wars and nothing else, I, I think I'd carefully consider what I would do. I, I recognise the nostalgia for people and stuff, but I don't know, there's there's other things which I'd like to get, I'm sure. But it is it's definitely a, uh, a special piece, isn't it? I, I recognise that. Stu, what are you thinking? It's a, it's a tough one, isn't it? I, I get the history of it and the relevance as Star Wars collectors that that's got a huge piece of history behind it and it's all very well saying we can mock one up but that doesn't have that that past with it I, I mean it's a fun piece yes perhaps it's not I don't know I, I wouldn't spend 13 grand but then I wouldn't spend 13 grand on any Star Wars toy so it's very difficult it's a very different market isn't it as for yeah. 
the people that can afford to drop that cash on it. Um, if I was in a position where that is the equivalent of a mint on card that I would buy that, you know, with relevance, then yes, I possibly would buy it. I wonder if we're going to see it in a museum or somewhere soon. Who knows? That's where it needs to be, in fairness. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's got an important part of history, yeah. Yeah, it would be good to see it because it was great when, when everyone saw it at Father's From. It was just one of those things which was cool, which was different. Who knows what's just around the corner? What we'll see at various conventions, be it, who knows, London Film Comic Con or maybe even Star Wars Celebration. But I hope we can see it again. That belongs in a museum. So do you. So that's the end of the uh, the Vector. So the C&T then, this was a May the 4th auction, was purely Star Wars. There were 288 lots. Started about 10 in the morning. I think it went through to about three or four o'clock in the afternoon. It was a long old, long old session, but there was some, there was some real good stuff in there. Yeah, there was some nice loose figures, some baggies, a bunch of 12 inch as well. So I mentioned the, the Dennis Fisher Vader I got. I think the one that they were selling ended up going for 200. That had the insert and again in a nice box. But all of the 12, all of the 12 inch stuff, all in Dennis Fisher's boxes or Palatoid boxes, averaging around 200 quid. So you could have got yourself a bargain on those. So the other bit of fun that we had for these two auctions, I sent out a list. So I picked out 10 items from the uh, from the two auctions, the Vectus and the CNT, sent them out to the team at Generation Skywalker. So Craig, Stuart, Jez and Mark all came back and myself and we all kind of put our put our guesses on on which well, on what these would, would hammer price at specifically. So no no um, fees or anything like that or postage, just the just the hammer price. And basically I've compared that back to the the hammer price versus our average and it worked out pretty close so the hammer price on the 10 items was 19,000 19,100 pounds and our our average between us was 18,859 so it was only as a as a collective we was only 240 pounds out that so, is a great guess yeah so the first one we put I put the Palatoy um, Vader head so our average on that was 1380 we thought that was going to go for and the hammer price was 800 pounds so we were we were we were fairly out on that i got closest so i actually put 800 pound in my guess and craig was the furthest out he put 4000 pounds in his guess and everyone else was somewhere in between the next one was the, the hoff rescue set so if you remember the hammer price on that was 1600 pounds our average guess was 690 so we were a million miles away on that one didn't do so good on the store display the endor the endor scene our collective was just under 12 grand and it went for 13 so we actually done quite well on that one stuart for some reason though thought it was going to go for 16 grand so he, he completely blew it what was that on <laughs> that indoor scene well that far out three grand what? Yeah, but I had. I, I thought it was. I thought it was after fees. Oh yeah, Jez, you were closest. You put eleven. We actually done one one three eight zero. So you did eleven thousand three hundred eighty quid. So you were. Uh, yeah, you were pretty close. He's nearly two grand out. You can't have a company <laughs> being three grand out, and he's like, oh, just yeah, two it's, grand. It's the now. price is right. You went over. Suits are over. Oh, do you know what? I mean, I didn't realise it couldn't get shipped either. I. I <laughs> <laughs> got to read the description that's what happens yeah. yeah i think we screwed up on this next one so with one of these uh the droids the r2s we we had a guess on that each this is the one that went for 700 
Stuart thought that was going to go for twelve hundred pounds, so he was double double. He was yeah, hundred percent out on that one. Well, and that's seven hundred times two is fourteen hundred. Okay, forty percent so out then. Not hundred percent then, is it? You're off the marks. Then. Okay, we're going to do maths and say it's hundred percent out. Let's get Mark. You, Mark, you were the closest. You said six hundred. Mark, you were the closest, mate. You said six hundred. So well done. <laughs> and then the next one was a mixed lot of stuff. So this was the one, if you remember, Mark, that had that the Palatoy hand solo card back in and bubble. I really wanted this. I, I was I really wanted it uh, because I think that was a, like a genuine Palatoy 45B hand solo card. A lot of my toy townies that you see for sale. Mm. Um, and I think somebody had uh, spotted that, and it's yeah. I wish I wish I had gone a bit harder on that one. So the hammer price, and that was two twenty. Our collective guess was two hundred and forty-three. Stuart was the furthest out again. He said three sixty, and Craig was the closest, two hundred and twenty-five. So there you go. So they were the five lots off of the Vectus, and then on to the C and T. So the first one I put in was this twelve back Vader that I was bidding on. I put well the, the the hammer price was eleven hundred pounds. Our collective guess was thirteen hundred and thirty-four. Stuart was the furthest out again. He thought he'd go for eighteen hundred. And Jez Jez was the closest again actually with his one one three eight. I mean we could all just pick one one three eight out and just put it down as every club. <laughs> but you didn't. didn't we? You, you I mean yeah, you. but it's just like oh, I don't know. I'm just gonna go with one one three eight. I'm not having no, that. No, right, okay. Let's stop. <laughs> We're gonna stop this right now. I don't know, Dan. Did everyone else give you justification behind their prices? No. Oh, right. I would have done if you'd asked for it, Dan. But hang, hang on, <laughs> it's just up to you. I gave Dan a narrative, pretty much, for every one of those prices. Oh, he went, he went right. He had, I had like his internal monologue. I wish I'd thought of it. I'd have, I'd have read it all out to you because it's hilarious. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a complete breakdown of I'll why to, I'll I have to share got to each one. <laughs> So I won that one, right? Brilliant. So the next one then is the Greedo. This is the hybrid. I think we'd spoken about one of these on the previous auction. I, I got a bit of an ed education on these, but this one, hammer price, and it was 640. Our collective guess was 684. I obviously didn't get that much of an education because I was the furthest out on that one. I said 850 and Mark was the closest with his 600. And then the Biker Scout. So again, this is the one I mentioned when I was doing a bit of the sum up there. So this is a uh, Return of the Jedi Kenner Biker Scout. Hammer price, 320. Our collective guess was 374. Mark was the furthest out on that one. He, he put 750. I was the closest with 350 on that one. So good turnout on that one. I'm going to be honest, it's amazing how many times you're the closest. Three. Yeah, no one saw your, your answers. Before <laughs> <the> thing. <laughs> really? I mean, it? Yeah. It's that is shady, isn't it? <laughs> I, I think I think there's one thing that can be learnt from all of this, and that is do not ask Stu for valuation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you're going to sell to him. Yeah. <laughs> let's kick. Let's kick. So Rancor Mailer, uh, Rancor Keeper Mailer. So we've already spoken about this in the show tonight. So again, I didn't read the the description properly. This so this is actually an open baggie. So even the price was even more surprising. So. It was a hammer price was 180. Our collective guess was 187. The closest was Stuart. Give you this one, Stuart, of 140. And the furthest out was Mark with 300. Skinner rolls the winner. Woo! One, one out of 10 ain't bad, is it, mate? <laughs> Steps up when he needs to. And then the Emperor's Royal Guard. So this was the POC 
So that went for 540 quid. Our collective guess on that was 1,270. The closest was Craig. He put 600. And Jez, you blew it on this one, mate. 1,750. Yeah. That's how much I would have paid. I mean, they're really difficult things to process. How often do you see one of them come up that you would know how much it is up for? No. Nope. Oh, I've got, I've got that thing I sent to you, Dan. Oh, are you going to read some of it out? Because <laughs> I thought, what is it? Do the um, do the let's let's go with the let's go with the Emperor's Royal Guard. Let's read your your thinking on that. Uh, PBB Emperor's Royal Guard. Yeah, mm-hmm. this made me take notice. I think these are on a par with the Troy logo for rarity. Therefore, I'm going to say seventeen fifty plus fees. That's what I put. It's quite sensible. Okay. Wildly which, out, but which ones were, I can't remember which one was the mental response now. It was some pretty crazy shit you were coming oh, up with. Uh, promotion on Darth Vader's door display. Yeah. Meet Burgess. So the Dink Ferret, can I guess that? I've never even seen one of these before. The value is estimated is 100 to 200, which is yeah. It's a palatoid display. Yeah. I know at least 10 people who would drop 600 plus just to have that. Yeah. A grand plus fees. <laughs> <laughs> and it went on and on guys that was that was yeah um, that was that was the running okay. theme palatoy store display for some people this is just pocket change all it needs is two people who would want this for their, to skyrocket join or want it and can afford it it'd be great in his museum i think this is the sort of thing which won't go cheap because people won't let it if it even looks to be remotely going cheap someone who didn't plan on bidding it will have a crack Easy 5k. Wouldn't surprise me if more. That said, it isn't a branded Palato item. It isn't Kenner or a 30 bag. It's a shop diorama. Yeah, it's cool, but what? People are gushing over it, but it doesn't have the lore of a Palatoy VCJ. It's not a J slot fair. It's a store custom. The hardest thing to guess tonight. I think I'll go high because all it takes is two people, but I think it's just all about the hype on this one and not all that. I'd actually be quite happy if Joyner won this, as I know it will go on public display. To quote Indy, this belongs in a museum. 11,380 plus fees. Dan, I really feel sorry for you. You would have to that just to get a price. <laughs> I do. I mean, I don't often feel sorry for you, but I do. <laughs> what I will say is that the, the hammer, like I said at the start, the, the, the final hammer's price on all of that was 19,100. And the closest out of all of us was Jez with 18,286. Get in. So overall, you were the closest. Maybe my, my whole narrative of explaining it and breaking it down, giving you the theory and the consideration. Jez rhymes of winner. Easy. It's a good little exercise, though. We'll there was a great again. exercise. We'll do it again. We'll do all Thank 500 lots next time. <laughs> <laughs> Okay then, so to put the cherry on the cake then was this, uh, there was a Hakes auction then on the 2nd of June and this was a a premier event in terms of what was being on offer and the prices were premium as well. So the first lot was a rocket firing FET, I believe this was the L slot FET and went for a whopping 236 grand and that was just the start of it. What on earth is going on with these huge sums of money? Everything is encased in acrylic. Pretty much, I didn't see anything that wasn't graded. Everything in this lot, in this in this auction, is engraved, and someone is having a big sell-off. There was a lot of stuff, a lot of acrylic, a lot of high-grade 
items, rare items. It was insane. Surely these can't be collectors. Collectors are a little bit more savvy than this, aren't they? You know, room sales, everything else going on. I, I don't get it. I, well, let, just, let me reel. Let me reel through a few of the some of the yeah. stuff that went on because there was some crazy stuff. So there was a Boba Fett engineering pilot that went for nine and a half grand, a twelve back bin header that went for two and a half grand, the big toy center logo. You know, it's kind of like the on the star field with the big yellow writing on it. It's quite a big item, twenty four by forty inches. That went for thirteen grand, an early bird certificate. So not the not the not the figures themselves, just the early bird certificate, which was the AFA 85. That went for 14 grand. A AFA early bird mailer with the figures with a DT Luke went for 15 and a half grand. A loose AFA 85 DT Luke went for six grand. A vinyl cape jar with 12 back, 40 grand. Uh, a U95 Meccano card, um, Carno Jawa. So I'm assuming that's come out straight out of the shipping case. That was two grand. A loose DT Vader AFA90, 17 and a half grand. Uh, there was a number of revenge proofs ranging from two and a half grand from 21B up to seven and a half grand for a hand Hoff. So there, there was some some rare stuff in there, but you you were paying a pretty penny for it. So yes, yeah, a mental price is there. <laughs> I don't think there's anything in there I could have afforded. What a rundown! That I mean, yeah, impressive. Yeah, crazy. The cr- crazy prices uh, continue by the by the looks of things. So I, I was under the impression that prices were beginning to slow down, but I think judging by some of that, uh, that's not quite the case. Whether that's just because they're um, auction houses rather than sort of Facebook sales. And uh, eBay sales, which is what I'm sort of keeping an eye on at the moment. Yeah, that it seems like if you are going to sell, put it through an auction house because you're going to get top dollar. Mm. <laughs> Indeed, and an auction house which is clearly doing well from a marketing point of view. There, there are some choice pieces though, but yeah, absolutely, as you can say, some um, some some life changing cash. I want your money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean that rocket fire. In fact, I remember probably you know for eight, less than 10 years ago they they were like 20 grand and they just yeah you're looking at nearly quarter of a million pounds now to get your hands on one of those and almost buy our own ship for that but who's gonna fly it kid you you bet i could i'm not such a bad pilot myself i don't have to sit here and listen fantastic dan thank you ever so much for doing that i know you're you're our auction man and, and you go through it keep a good eye on it but that that game which you did even though Stu is slightly better about it, uh, we'll, we'll con- continue to do that because that was good fun. I'm not, I'm not bitter about it. <laughs> <laughs> Just think it's a lot of rubbish. Yeah, so, try, harder, try harder next time, Stu. <laughs> well, next time, Dan, I'm going to send you an essay with each price. <laughs> I probably did that while I was like cleaning my teeth one morning. <laughs> oh, yeah, fine. It was a lot of fun. Talking a lot of fun, Mark, mate, you've been busy as an awesome adminer on our favourite Palatoy group. The Palatoy group has been showing some choice stuff recently. Why is that and how have you been getting it shown? Well, we thought we'd we'd, we'd do something a bit different. And um, I was looking at my collection, as you do, you know, one one day. And I realised quite by accident that I'd acquired 
different characters, uh, the same character on different card backs. And this wasn't an intentional thing. It was just, just something that happens uh, organically. So, for instance, um, I'd got a Snaggletooth on a 20 back and a 45A and a 45B. When I put them all together, I thought, it's quite cool, actually, when you see them like that. And I thought, ah, I know what I'll do. Palatoy, three of a kind. So I went onto the group and I said, you know, what what other items have you guys got that you've got three of? Thinking that it would be a relatively short-lived sort of interaction on the Facebook group. And I was completely wrong because the group was absolutely swamped with people with exactly the same kind of a scenario where they got characters on three different card backs. So, for uh, for example, Jason Smith posted up his vinyl cape jower on a Palatoy uh, 12 back, his uh, normal cloth cape jower on a 12 back, and the bubble transition figure as well. So, what a great set they were. And just going through some of the other choice policy three of a kind that we've got and this is by no means an exhort you know a, a complete review this is just a few examples of what's on there if you do actually want to see what the uh, group's all about and what this whole policy three of a kind hashtag was all about get onto facebook have a look for policy star wars collector and you can see the full gamut of what people were posting up but just a couple of examples Gary Smith who's got possibly one of the nicest most complete Palatoy mock collections uh, on the planet I mean he's, he's pretty much got everything there is and th there's a couple here that I would really like the uh, Jawa 45B the 45A and the 41 back so uh, and it wasn't just Mocks, it was uh, vehicles as well. Andy Preston posted up his uh, Star Wars Palatoy X-Wing, his first issue Palatoy Empire boxed X-Wing, and the uh, Jedi X-Wing with battle damage stickers. And then Charles Jones posted up not one, not two, but obviously three Rancor Keeper mailers, all different, uh, which I'd never seen before. One of them had been addressed, one of them was uncirculated, um, and complete graded with the Rancor Keeper flyer, which looks great. Tom Scaife, uh, he's got some absolutely crazy stuff. He posted up not one, not two, but obviously three unused Palatoy ESB 45B card backs. And they were R2 Sensor Scope, TIE Fighter Pilot, and 4 LOM. And he post, he, he'd actually gone and got those uh, cased up. They weren't graded. They were just cased up with the figures, and they looked absolutely fantastic. Pat O'Brien, he had a three Palatoy card backs, but they were miscards. So he got a Palatoy Jedi Chewy card back with a Vader. Then he got a Vader on a Jedi card, and the Vader was uh, sealed upside down. And then he got a Tri-Logo fade a card back with a squid head. I mean, how mental is that? And th this is just some of the the highlights. There was so much more than this. Um, definitely go and have a look. Watch yourself, Wedge. Three from above. Red three, red two, pull it. Got it. 
Three of them coming in. 20 degrees. Cut to the left. I'll take the leader. Mate, you've brought out some brilliant ones there. It was great, wasn't it? It was just a really, really positive thing to see. We see so much sometimes negativity and infighting and, and people arguing and, and tribal stuff online. So to see that, to see some treats that were being shared, what a great idea. Yeah. Gary, well, Gary Smith's is amazing, isn't it? That they, uh, 20 backs, three, you know, forget the money, the, the work that must have gone in to put that together and the time and the effort. Well, stories, yeah. Yeah, Gary was Gary was uh, on the ground getting this stuff when it was <laughs> it was relatively affordable, and he, mm. he 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 knew what he was talking about. You know, he's forgotten most. You know, he's forgotten more than most people actually know, and he's all my always my go-to guy when uh, I need to know something about a certain thing about Palatoy mocks, especially. He's he's completely invaluable, and he's one of the admins on the group. So that was three of a kind. And if that wasn't enough, we did something else. I don't know about you guys, but it seems like a lot of the Facebook groups have gone very quiet of late. Uh, even like things for selling, it's, it just seems very quiet at the moment. So we thought, well, on the back of the success of the Palatoy three of the kind, see if anybody can relate to price labels um, in, in terms of, you know, do, do they mean anything to you? I mean, I love price label it, it gives you a bit of history of the piece i would absolutely kill for a bratton dyke price label which was one of the local department stores in hanley and stoke-on-trent doesn't exist anymore but back in the day that's where i used to get a lot of my star wars figures from they had an awesome awesome toy department on the top floor the, the memories of traipsing up the stairs up three floors three flights of stairs to get to the top floor which was the furniture and the toy department and it was a proper old school sort of are you being served department store you know um and just just the memories of walking in there and flicking through the the star wars figures on the racks or seeing what new toys had come out just just great memories and and part of that is sort of linked to price labels you know you're, you're able to identify a figure coming from a certain shop so a lot of john menzies uh price labels out there toy master uh, zodiac toys uh woolworths wh smiths you know there's a lot of those kinds of price labels and it was interesting to see you know some people posting up um certain card backs or mocks that they'd got where the shop had reduced the figure not once not twice but three times so going from one pound fifty to 99 pence to eventually ending up at 49 pence in some john menzies uh, stores and i remember my local john menzies at the time back in the day trying to get rid of all sorts of Star Wars stuff and they were literally giving it away like Woolworths did. You remember all those price labels that um, uh, Woolworths were slapping on things, you know, Atats for $4.99, uh, Slave Ones for $4.99, Rebel Troop Transporters for $4.99. You, you just can't believe it now. But back then, you know, they couldn't give it away and it was stacked from floor to ceiling. And again, you know, the, the amount of people that sort of, where price labels resonated with them in some way, you know, and, and, and it goes back to that nostalgia thing, why a lot of us collect 
it's because of having that nostalgic connection with a childhood and knowing that certain pieces come from a certain shop. Something as simple and as tiny as a price label can give you that that kind of tangible uh, trip down memory lane. It's it's fantastic. And again, you know, everybody posted up some absolutely fantastic things. Uh, Martin Woodgate, he posted up his run of Trilogo last uh, 17 which he purchased originally back in the day when he was 12 years old and he paid the grand sum of 49 pence each and they're all there yak face hand carbonite amana man luke stormtrooper uh, anakin skywalker barada imperial dignitary and th- these are these originals from when he was a child <laughs> from uh, you know a child which he he, he goes on to say that back then he he was kind of losing his Star Wars vibe, as it were, and he was getting more into computer games and BMX, and he was dragged along to Tesco one day uh, by his mom, and he saw them all for for sale, and Tesco trying to get rid of them for forty nine pence, and he just filled his boots, he he just bought the lot and uh, took two or three off the cards, and the rest just ended up still sealed and put away, and he'd forgotten about them. Um, and obviously, when he was collecting again, out they came, and what a story! And it's nice as well to be able to see how much certain items cost back in the day. So somebody's posted up their boxed Palatoy Death Star uh, for the grand sum of, and this is how much it cost back in the day, eight pound thirty. You know, and I've I've seen them as much as fifteen twenty quid in in some places. So eight pound thirty was an absolute steal. It's been nice to hear people's stories about the shops that they used to get their figures from. Um, and I think this all just ties up very nicely with what we were trying to do. And again, it, it just proved really successful and everybody seemed to really enjoy it and get involved. Jez, what price sticker would you want? What toy shop would you want to get an item with? Yeah, I would say for me, probably Carrefour, possibly. You know, it's a in, in Bristol, there was a, a big Carrefour, which then got taken over by Asda. So I think Carrefour, possibly, that would bring back some memories for me, collecting-wise. Menzies. Had, um, I like a Menzies as well. <laughs> we I, I like a Menzies. I like a Menzies label. It's a random one. We used to have a toy shop in South Harrow, which isn't too far from where we used to live. Toy Craft 70. Real, you know, obscure one. But I'd love to get a toy label, a sticker label with that on it. That would be, that would be good. Toycraft 70. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Heard of that. What about you, Stu? Well, in Herne Bay, where I grew up, there was two. You had a tiny little shop, and they used to be they used to be really big for doing the old um, Cytadel lead figures back in the day, all, you know, all your Lord of the Rings stuff. But that was just called Kate's. So I'd love to have something from there with it on. And there was also a toy shop in Herne Bay called Jack and Jill's, which was a one-stop shop but menzies for me as well i i bought my falcon in menzies in sterling in scotland and uh yeah something about john Menzies. i used to love um, i mean you boys don't know what sterling they used to have a place called the thistle center they had this great big like concrete kind of curly stairs like you'd find at a castle to get down to the shop lovely lovely shop still there i think it's a wa smith's now actually but um yeah any of those the two in herne bay are quite obscure though they were small publicly thank 
for the rest of the Gen Skywalker team because Craig at Celebration, he didn't just go there, you know, with, with Kimberly just representing and having a good time for himself. He was 100% representing Generation Skywalker. Craig has been hugely busy taking loads of videos, and audio and, and various different things, even it's swag and all sorts of stuff. So we'll watch this space as Craig's able to slowly go through this. I know there's a lot, and I know there's a lot Craig wants to get done, but all in good time. And uh, I look forward to hearing Craig's sort of reflections and recollections on Star Wars Celebration. It definitely looked like he had a, a good time. I'm so delighted about that. I think we even sponsored the beer show, didn't we? Indeed. He was a very, very busy man. And uh, yeah, he uh, he definitely put Generation Skywalker out on the map. So from that point of view, very interesting times. Star Wars Celebration, London Film and Comic Con, who knows what else next year or dares to dream. So keep an eye on that. Not sure when, but there will be stuff. I mean, Craig's already been dripping feeding it. He's been putting stuff out tonight as well on various different things. So uh, yeah, once again, some, some great stuff. So only one of us out there but boy did he represent. So yeah, nice one Craig, good on you. It's that time which you've all been waiting for. You wanna know what four figures you're gonna eagerly be beavering away, getting me all that information to collectively, when we come back, we're gonna have a, a great show next time. I've really enjoyed it so far tonight, going through all the stories and nostalgia and talking about bits and pieces. But I told you, we're gonna have an early release, a couple of sort of mids, and uh, one towards the end of the release line. So I want your instant reactions on this. As we're getting one, we get in, are you sharing, we're getting one each or? So no, we're it? sharing these. So okay, as I said, so I, I'm, I'm going to get give them all out now, and there could be one character in particular who Craig's like, right, yeah, I know about this, or I'm going to drill into this, or oh, I wonder if they did this. You know, we we know what appeals to Stu, to Mark, to Dan, to Craig, to me, to various different people. So it could be that in, in two months' time we'll have a, those old fossils, uh, and we might be looking in a completely different area. Who knows or dares to dream? So next month we could be talking about bubble bass, we could be talking about prototype bits and pieces, we could be talking about rare cards, we could be talking about goodness knows what. Nothing's off the table. A anything is possible. It's just what interests us and what we think others want to know. And as I said, when I call out the figures now, if there's someone listening who's like, oh yeah, this figure, I know someone who is a focus collector or, or I know loads about that or you must find out about this. There could be something that, you know, one month we'll get a figure and you might think, oh, yeah, that's on a hybrid card. and We'll just do a little bit more about that. Or there might be a particular figure which is as rare as hen's teeth on a power of the fourth card that, you know, we don't know. But we could be delving into other areas, other areas of beyond the toys, licensee and stuff like that. So anything's possible. It's going to be a section of our next episode. So. As you know, there's no way that I could do this for the first one, considering what's going on on Disney Plus right now. So of our first figure we're going to be looking at next month is Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. We'll open up, you know, one of the first releases, a couple of different variations or a few different variations, but Obi-Wan, it's going to be vast. I know that he's on Helix. I know that he's on various things. I know he's on Sigma. What's he on? What are you going to report back on? Tell me a little bit about Obi-Wan. Then going to move on. 
And I think this one might wet your whistle a little bit more. We've already covered this fella tonight, and I know that he's a favourite of Mark's. Dengar. Yes, Mark. You can tell us all about Dengar. We will all be looking at that character, but I know that this is one which you love. Third figure, Klaatu. The regular peg warmer, Klaatu. Not Skiff. Klaatu original, Klaatu regular. And the last figure, which we're going to be looking at collectively as Generation Skywalker, is Anakin. I thought it bookended it nicely, particularly with what's going on in Kenobi. So Obi-Wan Kenobi, Dengar, Klaatu and Anakin. <laughs> the we list will. really fell away, didn't it? <laughs> what do you mean the list fell away i've got to keep this going for 24 months <laughs> they get they get they started off really strong and kind of just dropped bit by I bit you, i think you need to do them in reverse order going forward <laughs> oh, you just completely taken the jam out of my donut yeah all right then maybe maybe i'll do that <laughs> i think it's a good selection jez actually because kenobi i mean his cape for anyone listening if you want to make yourself a vinyl cape jowder <laughs> <laughs> we do not promote that I, I see what you mean about everyone and Dengar and then Klaatu and then you know Anakin but yeah, I just thought it worked i got to keep some good ones <laughs> I really like the original Klaatu figure I think it's a I can remember it fondly as a child with his little skirt I like him Yeah, we'll I, him I do as well I like him as well mate I have fond memories yeah underrated because you know, he was about so it. common yeah. Yeah, you could also be talking about Leddy furry skirt. Clatu will be one where we won't be bored talking about that little fella. It's going to be great. There's a very nice Kenner display with a Clatu illustration on it. Let's not yeah, blow our load. Let's not I was going to say, <laughs> we don't want to blow our load. That's <laughs> not, you know, we're not going to, as I say, Can I ask you one question though, Jez? When you say that there's a great bit of Sigma with Kenobi on it. What, what, yeah. what is that then? I imagine there is. No. <laughs> well, maybe you just haven't looked hard enough, Stuart. <laughs> You're not thinking there's <laughs> a rump mug. I think he is. Yes. Beautiful yeah. face. See? Face. Bring that. Bring that. And other things. You're not just going to get away with one thing. But yeah. See, it's exciting. I'm excited. I'm on the edge of my seat about it. <laughs> right okay mate. <laughs> so that's it get amongst it listeners get amongst it all right i'll do it in reverse order anakin clatu dingar and obi-wan kenobi it's going to be amazing it's going to be off the hook it's going to be the fantastic four or a better name that we come up with right so there we go that's the end of an epic show Stu, knocking it back to you mate well, yeah, as always, you can uh, you can contact us. You can email us, generationscarwalker at gmail.com. You can find us on all social media platforms. Go to Facebook, search for Generation Skywalker, or if you want the more interactive page, go to and find We Are Generation Skywalker. Of course, on Instagram, Jez mentioned it at the beginning, we've got obviously the main Instagram page, just search for Generation Skywalker. Uh, the vintage there's a new vintage one jez what is that yeah so gen underscore skywalker underscore vintage so gen skywalker vintage and that's going to be an account dedicated to what we're talking about on those old fossils we'll also be using our stories and stuff to share 
other releases that we've got across the generation Skywalker sort of brand, you know, we'll drop in various things. But from an images point of view, it's purely vintage, pure nostalgia. And we've also got a modern one of them, Dan, you're in charge of that. Yes. And that imaginatively is Jen underscore Skywalker underscore modern. So it's like you two modern. got together and decided that, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's, you know, yeah. So if, if you're into your modern, we, we you know, the stuff that we cover on the Modern Way show, so your Hot Toys, your Tiki Mugs, your Hasbro 6-inch, three and three quarter inch, we're covering all that over there, and some other stuff, Lego, etc. So, yeah, if, you, if you're into that kind of thing, come over, join up and get amongst it. On Twitter, again, search for Generation Skywalker. Go over to YouTube, Enhanced Shows, Skywalker Blast, Unboxings. They're thick and fast. There's videos appearing. There's a great celebration video, which uh, Craig put out recently. Again, just go over to YouTube, search for Generation Skywalker. Hit that subscribe button and uh, get involved there. Keep an eye on TikTok. That will be live possibly, probably before the show's live. So, uh, Again, that is just a search for Generation Skywalker. Yeah, so much going on. And of course, go to www.generationskywalker.com. You can find links to everything if you can't remember any of this stuff. And of course, make sure you're keeping an eye on that social media to find more out about what we'll be doing at London Film and Comic Con. Lads, I think that's it. Jez, anything else before we say goodbye? Can I just say I've loved recording with you tonight. Hasn't it been good fun? It has been. Thanks back. for that. I don't, what about the other two? <laughs> it's been brilliant. Just going back. Vintage is back, baby. Those old fossils knocking out of the park. We are back. Indeed. Indeed. It's been fun. It has been fun to get back into vintage. I can't wait to see what Dan's bought next month. And Mark, I mean... The extended resale party. I did, just didn't realise that was going on. Full of surprises, mate. You said it. But uh, it is goodbye from Daniel. Cheerio. It is goodbye from Mark. Good night. And it's goodbye from the host with the most. It is Jez. <laughs> See you next time. And it is goodbye from me. We're Generation Skywalker. All eras, all passions. All Star Wars. <laughs>